2: is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey guys, welcome back to another uh, one of our special interview series episodes. Um, I'm flying solo with Tim here. James has come up with better things to do. However, I guess uh, I owe him one considering I missed the one two weeks ago, and obviously we all missed last week, so apologies for that. But you're in for a treat today. Uh, we're joined by my teammate, the loud one, um, Pato Award. So enjoy and as previously uh, mentioned, we have a very special guest once again, uh, this time joined by my esteemed teammate, uh, Patricio Award. Thanks for being here, dude.
3: Hey, Cupcake. Good to What's, see you. Uh,
2: yeah, I missed you.
3: <laughs> no, you didn't.
2: <laughs> That's true.
3: Um,
2: so Yeah, you missed him by two spots last uh I did. I missed, I missed, I missed, I missed <laughs> him by exactly like twenty-one <laughs> seconds. So yeah. it was great. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, you know, last weekend I think you were the car to beat. You were pretty strong Just at IndyGP. To, to be
1: clear, since we we're, were recording this before Portland, this will come out after Portland. So you guys listening, we're talking about St.
2: Louis, not Portland. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, and two weekends in a row, Scott Dixon seemed to do Scott Dixon stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I. Like,
3: like I. I feel like it's been the story of my season. Um, like we've been close, and it's just there's all there's always one guy that's denying us from doing it, or just like one thing that's that's denied us from getting into victory lane. But uh, I'm not letting it take away from from like just a lot of the behind the scenes that's, that's been going on. I mean, you're, you're more than aware than, you know, we're here to win. We're, we're here to be on podiums. We're not here to, to be, you know, having the races of our lives and being fifth and sixth, you know? So like, I think it's important to not, to not get too frustrated with it because like, there's a lot of things that have to happen in order for race wins to, to like materialize, but Ultimately, like the performance has been there a significant amount of of um, of the season. It hasn't been like, you know, we we don't have the pace.
2: No, 100 percent. I mean, I would argue and you tell me if you agree with this, that it's probably your best season yet. Forget winning a race or not. It's got to be in your mind the most complete season you've had.
3: Like. There's there's a couple weekends. In the year where, if I look back and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll like end up with an opinion of, you know, I could have done this better here, I could have done this better there, but I feel like
2: yeah, but everyone's gonna have that, right? Like that's no, not no, just specific
3: uh, to you. absolutely. But I feel like recently, the results haven't, like the results aren't even coming close to how, to how I feel like we've performed. It's just like. There's always this well, that one little thing, and we know IndyCar, it happens, and you're five spots back, you know, so it's so it's is that just,
2: something it, is that something where you enjoy that challenge, or you find it exceedingly frustrating? Like I obviously have my opinions on it, but you mentioned that's IndyCar racing, right? So you can have the best of everything, yet you get to four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and you don't necessarily have anything to show for what you've put in, does that fuel your fire or does it piss you off or does it do both? Like, like how do you fall and deal with that?
3: Um, I feel like I have matured as a professional in- yeah,
2: At the ripe age of what, 23? Twenty-four. Well,
3: no, I, I keep, no, no, no. I, it's, a, it's like yeah, a lot it's of wisdom. A, it's a, it, no, it's an evolution. It's an evolution. Yes. It's a yeah. it's a continuous like snowball of Journey. just more knowledge and more knowledge. But yeah. it's um, I have grown acceptance of all those things. Like I think twelve months ago or eighteen months ago, I I get a lot more pissed off of, mm-hmm. uh, about those things. But I feel like I've just grown to expect uh, to accept that it's ninety percent of the time it ain't gonna go our way. So that's true. That's
2: so you true. Can just
3: maximize what you can.
2: If you've figured that out at your age, wait till you're thirty or your Tim's age at thirty-five. Like that's. Uh, I think you're adding a couple of years <laughs> online there. <laughs> like, are you just averaging my age and my liver's age and just yeah, bumping yeah. it up a little bit? <laughs> um. So. Okay, so obviously, 2023, whole change for Errol McLaren, right? It's no longer Errol McLaren SP, it's Errol McLaren. There's three cars now with some <laughs> joining you and Felix. Um, how, has, how has your kind of evolution with the team, obviously you joined the team when it was still kind of one entity, and now it's a completely different animal how has your kind of growth been through that? And like this year is a big change for you as well in terms of, you know, your engineer is calling your races. A lot of people maybe don't know that, you know, usually it's, you have your race engineer and then you have a strategist or someone that's talking to on the radio. Well, this year you're kind of combining the two with Will, you know, setting up the car and also calling the races. So like, how do you, how do you feel that that's been? and, And is that something that you think you would want, you know, going forward?
3: Um first one I think Will has done such a nice job. Uh it really hasn't felt like it's been a big change from from Taylor because I feel like he's I was very used to Taylor's voice which was very very calm, very monotone and Will um the I guess the the change to to Will really hasn't been like oh my god this this just feels out of out of home. Absolutely not. Like from the first time that he that he was on it. It was it was really no issue for me. Um, the team is so much bigger than, than what it was three years ago. Um, this is my fourth and full yet season. And Zach still won't hire me. You got to find your problems, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, it's like... It still feels very small, but... Bigger in a sense, because I feel like my, my core team is still very similar to what it was in 2020. Uh there's been, you know, a couple guys in and out, but my engineer, my performance engineer, obviously we've had, you know, like Craig join and then now he's to the race engineering role. And then we got Gavin. And so, so like there's been a few changes in, in pretty big roles, but in terms of like my core team that I work with that I work with like day in, day out from race weekends um it really hasn't felt like like what it's what it truly has gone to in ter- in terms of transformation because it's i mean we've like tripled probably in amount of people um so it 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 honestly has gone a lot smoother than i thought when you see just the numbers of of how much people have joined and I think especially it's been-
2: especially where the team came from in thermal
3: have our rough patches, just like everybody else that's growing. But in reality, you know, from being it's so fresh, because really the off season wasn't like, you know, hire x amount of people and we're we're done by December. It's like no, like we were like the team was still hiring pretty much up until St. Pete.
0: Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus Paint, starting at twenty eight ninety eight a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, starts your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bear Premium Plus Paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.
1: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Um, all right, so let's take, a, let's take a small step back here. Um, for those that didn't watch 100 Days to Indy, specifically episode two, which featured all of Pato and his life. Why don't you tell kind of our listeners and people who maybe don't know you quite as well, like, A, like what got you your start in racing? And then B, you know, was IndyCar always the goal? And then C, you know, at what point did you realize that, you know, IndyCar was someplace that you wanted to be? Of course, you know, everyone looks at Formula One as as something in the future or or maybe an idea, but you've been here now for four years, and, and you're going to be here for, for a, at least a little bit longer, right? So tell us about how you got started, what your initial dream was, and then you know how you've come to love and appreciate IndyCar
3: since then. So my love for cars in general, uh, I'm a total car nut, supercars, race cars, doesn't matter. Uh, came from my grandfather, my mom's dad. Um, he gave me a go-kart when I was younger and, uh, and like it really, it really was just kind of like going to the track one day and then it's like, well, I kind of, I kind of like this, then go to a race. And then it reminds me a lot of like what our schedules are like nowadays where you kind of go into like, uh, and just, and just you just start kind of flowing. You really think about like what's coming and you're just like, oh, when's the next race? When's the next race? And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for like X amount of years. And then it's like bigger cars, bigger go-karts. And you just, you keep on climbing, climbing, climbing. You win races, you win championships, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then um, ultimately get to the point where, you know, I'm like right on the verge of of making it to to IndyCar, which was my Indy lights here. My my love for like oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life came from watching a Formula One race in person. It was uh, Montreal 2012 uh, with one of my friends who uh, whose dad was had a, a, a um, had a lot of contacts, I guess, in McLaren. Coincidentally, and uh, and he invited me to that race, so I, I got to see a lot of like the behind the scenes of it, and just really get like a really cool experience. And I was just mind blown. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool! I want to do this." And how um,
2: how old were you in 2012? Uh, twelve. It's <laughs> amazing. Okay, got it. Easy man. Uh, uh, I have accomplished nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
3: and that. That is what ultimately like, oh, okay, this this is what I want to do and this is what I go, I'm going to try and do and try and accomplish. And uh, so obviously it sparked with Formula One first. Yeah. And then from that Formula One dream, it kind of opened the doors to all the other really badass series that exist in the world, like endurance racing, IndyCar. And then I started watching all of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I guess my road to Indie, like my road to, to just the top series in general was super awkward, I'd say. Like I was all over the place. I was in Europe and then I came, honestly, I came to where I got the best deal because I didn't have, like my family didn't have a hundred and hundreds and thousands of dollars just to start throwing away. Like, yeah, try this now. Ooh, try this now. Like it was always kind of like a, a very specific approach. Like, okay, if we do this, like let's obviously you want to try and win the championship or do something so you can get some sort of help to keep going. And, um, and I was led to the U S just because, um, a lot of, well, specifically one, one team owner, his name was Dale Pelfrey. He had a pro Mazda team and he offered me a really, uh, a really good deal to, to race in pro Mazda, which I ended up doing for two years. So that, that was ultimately the, the kind of like the push that kind of yep. yeah that brought me to America from being in Europe and um, and then I just did that and then I came short winning the championship didn't have any more money then I got a ride in uh, IMSA um, and then um, after that then um, then I did a, a full year of Indie Lights with Michael Andretti mm-hmm. uh, who who also was uh, very very generous with with his with his offer or whatever you want to call it proposal um, with a with a proper season like all the tests, yep. all the tires, like and that was the year season.
2: that you and Colton just absolutely destroyed everyone.
3: Yes. Yes. In eighteen, and yeah. then from eighteen, then nineteen, <laughs> it got weird. Were, <laughs> it got really weird. Yeah. Um. So. In the span of end of 16 to the end of 2019, mm-hmm. like I had a lot of highs, but a lot of lows, like three or four times where my career was basically like, okay, we're we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: it's, it's amazing how you talk about, you know, prior to you doing Pro Mazda and really having a direction, you know, you spent a lot of time bouncing around amongst other series. And then, you know, you found your path in the States and even after all your success, after that, you still kind of had to bounce around a little bit. Like you had a short period of time in Japan. Um, you had a short period of time thinking that you were going to go straight to F1. And then it was like, you were with an IndyCar team kind of, but not really. And then you finally found a home, obviously, you know, in, in 2020 and, and, you know, everything else is ultimately history. So it's cool to hear, you know, how, that for you, you were chasing a dream, and it wasn't. You weren't focused on one thing. You were focused on whatever you could do in order to be a race car driver professionally and to be successful at it. So that's something that I don't think a lot of drivers have. You know, a lot of guys are very single track focused. So I respect the hell out of that. Um, two, two more questions. One, I want you to talk about your uh, Pado Award shop, your pajamas that you have, oh. um, why they're so special, and what people need to do to get them. I want some Pato pajamas. Man, yeah.
3: they are, they're nice. I gave some to my pal over here, Ar, yeah. A-R-O. What the hell? The, uh, oh, yeah. I thought we were friends after They, are,
2: this. they are eco-friendly bamboo. <laughs> they are quite Yeah,
3: nice. they're bamboo eco-friendly pajamas. They are so soft. I'm and an extra so small, you know, if they like, they like, um, like, okay, no, I don't want to say anything they too just, bad. They just feel
2: good. They just feel good yeah, when you're they sleeping.
3: Feel, oh, they feel amazing. Yeah. And, um, well, honestly, look, PatoShop, um, it's all done from home. Like, um, you mean? I, I, so
2: you do it yourself. No.
3: So me and my family do it ourselves. All of it. So there is there is very high possibilities that some of the stuff that fans have gotten in the mail.
2: You have packed yourself.
3: I have packed myself. Wow. Um. That's why you charge so much. And all the (laughs) well, it's not. Then it's not a business. (laughs) Yeah. And um and uh, so it all started obviously with just merch, and then I wanted to do something that wasn't race merch kind of like I've, I've always been well i wouldn't say fascinated by pajamas but like i like pajamas and i like comfy like high quality pajamas yeah and um
1: Wait, i'm on the site right now i'm on i'm on patricioawardshop.com
3: i'm not seeing these pajamas there's a bunch of categories look in okay. there's right. like I'm beanies looking. t-shirts are you uh go I, to I, ninja, I just, ninja collection
2: the next the next evolution like, of this is, is. Pado underwear,
3: right? I mean Marco beat everybody to that one. Oh, did he? I didn't know.
2: But you should still like Marco doesn't yeah. race anymore. So Indy I, cars I anymore.
3: like I try and make sure that everything that I'm putting out is the best of quality, mm-hmm. comfortable, and I don't know. What do you think of the pajamas?
2: I think they're amazing, which is why I brought them up. And I wanted people to know that they could buy great pajamas that had your name on them. Because I think everyone should experience a little bit of that.
3: Apparently, Tony uses them every night. That's what he I, says.
2: I believe him. I believe him. And do you want to know why I bet he likes them? Because like, for cycling, he's so like shaved and waxed. I bet it feels even better. him. <laughs> 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 That's something I didn't need to have a mental image of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last question. Um, so we don't take up any more of your time. Uh, IndyCar is obviously going uh, into a, a big change, if you will, next year with the introduction of hybrid engines, um, which you know is obviously going to have its pros and cons. Aside from that, what is one thing that you wish IndyCar would do? to like make it better, make the series better. Like what's one thing that you're like, man, we really should be doing this. It could be from the competition side, it could be from the track side. It doesn't really matter.
3: Honestly, I'm a big believer in the Latin market. And mm. I think why? Because you from there well, obviously <laughs> I, I'm from there, but yeah. if I if I was calling the shots, I would be very focused on expanding big into latin america so into mexico into argentina into brazil uh uruguay like just really focus the series of it being you know four or five races there in in latin america um obviously continuing uh the very strong presses presence here in america and uh and i and i think a race in like in the uk like a brand's hatch or something i think that would be That'd be very good for the series. Like, I don't think we need to go global uh, as much as like F1, but there is a massive market in in South America area yeah. that is untapped, and it's it would be huge for the series.
2: You know, uh, prior to being your teammate and knowing you, had I heard you say that, I would have been like, mm, that's – that's just his opinion because he wants to have a race at home, but since going to different tracks with you, random places, like we're talking St. Louis, right? Like East St. Louis, there was a small town by the track that basically welcomed you, essentially gave you the key to the city. It it was a party for Pato and, and you being there. And I think that you're 100% right. You have done such a good job of bringing in a South American influence and market into the states that these fans are obsessed. You know, you see it in Texas. We're going to see it in Portland next weekend. St. Louis is an example. Oh Obviously, the indie, Portland is like, insane. it is places that you wouldn't expect. Like you wouldn't expect St. Louis and Portland no, to be never of award fans, but, but they are. So I think, you know, we've seen it as well with, with Augustine, like the, the draw that he has in Argentina. Like, I, I think it's an amazing opportunity that the series has with two incredibly popular drivers, um, in their own individual rights to do that. And so I hope that one day we're able to, to accomplish that, um, be, mostly because it would be wild to watch. Um, for those that don't know, uh, every once in a while, Pato, Felix, and myself go to autograph sessions as a, as a, as a unit. Um, and every single time, uh, Felix and I are at one end of the table and is at the other end, and everyone is there for Pato. And people just walk by Felix and I.
3: No, and no, no. You gotta okay. love this, Alex. This it's, it's is amazing for
2: you. Felix and I are both kind of like quieter, introverted people. So we go to these events and we don't have to talk to anyone. Everyone's there just to get pictures with Pato. Everyone's talking in Spanish. And it, it actually got to the point, there was one in Texas where a fan actually came back and was like, oh, like I'll take one, meaning one of Felix and I's autograph card. And I was like, no, dude, you don't need a pity autograph, card. you don't have to take it. It's fine. Like we get it. You're here for Pato. I understand. But anyways, I'm just saying that as your teammate, I've seen what you're talking about. And I think IndyCar would be very smart to capitalize that, capitalize on that if they could. So, uh, so yeah. Anyways, man, thank you for your time. We appreciate you. We know you're busy and uh, I will see you tomorrow. This has been off track with Hinch and Rossi off track is part of the serious XM sports podcast network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask OffTrack on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. he's Alexander Rossi, and if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at TheTimDurham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. OffTrack is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Fim.